Cook sounds. All right. The Houston Cougars have kind of quieted down in this football recruiting cycle. So we said we got to bring in an expert to tell us a little bit about what all's going on here. You are locked on Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can't step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can get the latest into your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. It's good to see you again. Uh, we are about to jump in with Brian, who's our recruiting expert analyst of the day. More on that in a second, but first, make sure you hit subscribe down below because we're approaching 1,200 subscribers. Every 250, we're giving a hat away. It's going to be a hat like this, Cook Pro on the front, locked on the side, the Nike Dry Fit, going away to someone that is liking and commenting. So make sure you subscribe so we get there. Like and comment this video to let us know that you stayed and you're entering the contest. Uh, if, after talking about Houston Cougar football recruiting, you are all recruited out and need something else to talk about, Tell us if you are a Nickelodeon or a Disney kid. I guess technically Cartoon Network would be acceptable also. All right. We had a bunch of stuff to talk about recruiting with one Brian next. So let's jump on in with Brian. Let's pull him on up. And we are joined tonight by recruiting analyst and I say specialist, but you seem to know something about Houston, so I'm excited to see what you got to say. Uh, Brian Smith of Locked On Sports. Brian, how are you doing this evening? Doing well, sir. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I got to be honest, though, and one of the things I want to talk to you about in a second, I, I could use some more beef. I need some more big guys up front. Um, and I, I want to talk to you some about the, the transfer portals and then about Houston as a whole and all that kind of stuff. But first, can I talk to you, like, what is your background? How long have you been doing this and that kind of stuff? Because you're new to this show. Uh, I've been in recruiting over 20 years in some way, shape, or form. I was with the original Rivals crew. Uh, covering Notre Dame over it was like 99 or something like that. So I've been around different places right now. I am the publisher of all hurricanes on fan nation covering Miami and I live in Florida. So whether you want to or not, you have to recruit in this state kind of like Texas. And that means I, I cross reference with about everybody. I was just at elite 11 in Georgia. So if something's going on in the Southeast with recruiting, I'm probably there and or know about it. So I'm your guy, man. I'm, I'm all about football recruiting. And as our guy, um, you know, the listener and I are both, you know, there was this approach Dana Holgerson took to the recruiting cycle where in moving into the Big 12, he was fairly vocal at like signing day. That, like, look, we need to find some guys that can play right away. And so he's like kind of leaned in the transfer board. The 2023 class is about half and half with transfer Juco guys and the high school kids, because the theory would be some of those older guys could play right away. But I think most people are kind of like still jaws on the floor, still kind of waiting. When do these linemen show up? As you're scanning the recruiting sphere and the transfer portals, <laughs> what are you, you're laughing. What are you seeing in there as far as big guys? Uh, there aren't many. And the ones that are before they even got in the portal already knew where they were going. It's a premium corner. Uh, offensive tackle, pass rushers, and quarterback. Those four spots are on a whole nother playing field. Uh, I actually had a conversation with a couple of offensive line coaches 
in the Southeastern Conference the other day. I was on the recruiting trail. And before practice, we're all talking. They would like the portal kids because of what you just said, but they didn't even have any names. And these are school like big name schools. If they're struggling to find portal guys to add, it's not a good sign for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. It's just not. The really good players, they just don't leave or they go to the draft. It's A or B. Every now and then there's an exception. Don't get me wrong. There'll be a couple. Um, Javion Cohen signed with Miami, which was weird. He started 10 games at Alabama last year, then transferred. That's about as big an exception as you're going to get. But there's just a couple of those guys. So either A, you're going to take a flyer on somebody. B, you're going to take a Juco kid. Or C, you're just going to wait it out and the next guy in line on the depth chart. Those are your options. So um, the only other thing you can do, and this happens sometimes, Houston could take a D lineman, convert him, or a big tight end and convert him. But if they're struggling to find the big guys, they're in the same boat as probably 95% of college football. Well, and for the American Athletic Conference, Houston had a, a offensive line that graded out pretty well last year. Um, the deal is, is in moving to Big 12, <laughs> that's just not good enough. And further, it kind of comes down to someone's going to, I always say, break a shoelace. Like someone's going to need a replacement, right? Um, is there at this point, because now we're at May, you know, mid-May and we're looking can any of these guys even come in and step up as a backup role and maybe like play as a third or fourth interior guy or any of that kind of stuff or is it really that sparse right now I think it's pretty sparse but it depends on your offense it depends on what you want them to do Dana Holgerson knows how to throw the football this just in so some of the quick passing game for guys that can pass block they don't necessarily have to be like a road grader that UGA would recruit if you can get a 6'3", 295 kid that's athletic and understands technique, he could be your left guard. But if you want him to play at Georgia, that's not going to work out. So it, it depends on fit. Georgia doesn't have as many options, ironically, as Houston because they're so specific with what they try to do offensively. I think it's interesting when you get to this point because some teams are going to have to take some flyers, not just Houston, but some teams are going to have to take some flyers on kids because their roster is so off-kilter at offensive line and Again, Houston is one of many in this situation. LSU, I did a podcast with the LSU, same situation. LSU doesn't lack talent very much, but it's the one spot. She asked me the exact same question. Hey, is there anything that I'm like, look, there, there's nothing going on here. So LSU's looking. That's another one. That, that puts things in perspective for you. And it's it, hard. You're going to have to take a flyer more than likely. It really does because, um, you know, LSU, I think, is the – the looming SEC power in the region. I guess they're not technically in Texas, but they certainly hit it fairly, fairly hard. Uh, before, we, before we move into other positions, uh, what do you think about that strategy? And then if, generally speaking, the good offensive linemen stay put more often than not, do you think that Dana made a mistake by, by playing it that way? Uh, well, I mean, it's not like he's not trying to get the four- and five-star offensive linemen out of, you know, Temple, Texas or Houston – you know, it's just they didn't get him. Sometimes you don't always win those battles, but you can always take a big tight end and develop them, do different things. And, and, like, as an example, the last kid that Notre Dame got out of the portal was an FCS kid. That's not what you would expect out of Notre Dame, but they just took that kid, and they're really happy about it. You have to do your own due diligence. If there's a kid that's at an FCS program, NAI, whatever, that's a late bloomer, there's no reason you can't take that kid. And again, 
every school has their own measuring sticks and how they grade out kids. That's fine. But there's also the opportunity to take a junior college kid. You and I talked about this off air. Houston for 30, 40 years has taken a handful of JUCO kids and they play DN, they play D tackle, offensive tackle. You would think that out of all the kids that are in Mississippi, Oklahoma, Texas, Ducos, just those three states alone, one of them has to be good enough to play at Houston on the offensive line. Well, I don't understand. There's got to be at least one. What's your familiarity with it? Because I think a lot, because the portal is new, the transfer portal is new, it's sexy, it's brand, like what, what do you know about the, the, the JUCO scene and are there guys, I mean, are there programs or places or coaching staffs even that Houston needs to make sure they're dialing up at this point? Mississippi is probably the best state for that, for, for this situation, because they have a lot of big offensive linemen. I always have. Uh, I saw some of the kids practice a few years ago at a JUCO, et cetera, and some of the JUCO coaches there, they're talking about some of the linemen. A 6'4", 320 kid is just, eh. I mean, it's insane. It's like, what? But just talking to some of the coaches on the sidelines at a practice, I'm like, oh, my God. So that would be my first, my first look especially if they want a few more road graders, but the, the technician guy can be anywhere. So that's just getting on the phone and they have every, you know, Houston spending the money on the recruiting services. They don't really have to have the connections necessarily. You get the list and then you just kind of go down it. It's, it's not rocket science. And then you guys, you send your guys out and scout again, due diligence. Sometimes even Georgia takes a flyer on a three-star kid. And you're like, why is Kirby smart doing that? Because they evaluated the kid. If Dana Holgerson's evaluating an offensive player, I'm good with it, especially <laughs> offensive guys. Like, that's what he does. He's an offensive mind. So you have to tr- trust the evaluation for yourself. And then the fans, same thing. In the second bit here, I want to talk some about Houston moving into the Big 12. All right, let's take a break for a second and talk about a healthy and delicious snack. That's right. Built Bar. I got these new Built Puffs in this week. I'm telling you, this is my new favorite flavor. We'll talk more about that in a second. But Built Bars are both healthy and taste amazing. Uh, what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate all over this protein bar. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not really sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. It's even better that they are actually healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in most bars. Uh, this is my new favorite one. It is 160 grams of, pro- of ca- uh, calories, sorry, 15 grams of protein, and 8 grams of sugar in a cookie dough chunk puff. Real cookie dough, real chocolate, all the protein, each and every morning for breakfast. That's my new favorite one right there. Uh, but you don't need to go built.com to buy them. You go to your local Walmart, you get a four-bar box of things like cookies and cream, double chocolate par, or the coconut puff. Uh, if you go to a Sam's Club, you can buy a 13-bar box that hit flavors like brownie batter and churro puff. Trust me and thank me later again. My new recommendation is the cookie dough chunk puff. Make sure you check those things out at built.com or your local Walmart or Sam's Club today. Um. But first, let's talk a little bit about, like, you've got some experience with the same exact move. You, you mentioned the work you're doing in Miami, but you follow Central Florida fairly closely as well, and they're doing exactly the same thing. Um, not that you don't look at recruiting more nationally. I don't mean to, to dismiss that, but Central Florida's doing the exact same move. What do you see as Houston moves into the Big 12 as, like, a, if you're, you're a, you know, a 20-year-old kid in the JUCO portal or the transfer portal or even an 18-year-old high school kid, what separates Houston right now? Location. Again, this isn't rocket science. Houston is in 
one of the top three or four markets in the country for high school talent. It is a football state. It is a football city. They're going to add more facilities. Holgerson likes to throw it around. They should be, in my opinion, I said this on my podcast when I was running the UCF site, it's the sleeping giant of the Big 12. Look at it this way. When they when the Southwest Conference broke up, and Houston was a part of it back in the day, and then it went into the Big 12 and all that, a lot of the schools didn't want Houston. Why is that? Because they didn't want to recruit against the school. They were going to that city. They didn't want them to have the advantage of the local kids. Yates and all the different programs – all the, all the schools around the edge now, it's, it's changed. Demographics have changed, but it's, again, top four city in the country a lot of the time for high school talent. If they get the right people in place in the administration, they build some better facilities, Houston's going to be a team that can contend for the playoffs flat out. Whether or not they can do that immediately is another conversation, but this is a place that can win as big as it gets. And it's just because of the location, man. It, you just have to put the money into it. It'll take care of itself from that point. Well, and so, you know, I think the show just started, Locked on Coop just started in October. And we've mentioned a couple times how Houston's got this built-in advantage like you talk about. Um, but they also were coming out of a group of five conference um, and moving into the Power Five. And a lot of the kids in town are being recruited by LSU, A&M, UT Austin, um, what kinds of things in watching this for 20 plus years have you seen programs do to navigate that? I mean, TCU's done this well. Uh, Cincinnati has played very big, high level football as of late. Uh, you know, Utah made the transition as well. Like, what, what have those programs done to make themselves more appealing to their more local kids and keep them from those bigger programs? A couple of things. Number one, like I'll use Cincinnati as an example. They ran an extremely aggressive defense. It's fun. We're going to attack. Hell on wheels. Here we come. That's exciting. Um, if you think about Miami in the late 70s into early 80s when they won that first national title, beat Nebraska, they ran an open offense, especially for that era, and kids decided they used to get nobody locally. The kids would go to Alabama, to go to Georgia, Florida, wherever. All the kids from Miami would leave. Howard Snowenberger got the kids to stay. He said, if you just stay here, we're going to kick the crap out of everybody. And they did. You've yeah. got to have somebody that's a bit of a Pied Piper as the head coach too, as a recruiter. I don't know if Holgerson's that guy, but if he's not, he's got to get someone on his staff that can be. And then finally, this, this is important for every program. If you're going to build, you need a signature win. Think about this, Texas and Oklahoma. I'm going to be in the conference this year, correct? Just this year. Yeah. You already know what I'm going to say. If you can beat one of them or beat Baylor, somebody of a known commodity now, I don't know how the hell you do that, but you have to prove it. Kids are very skeptical today. Very skeptical. If you don't get a win against some program that has name recognition, the task becomes much harder. I don't know what they're going to have this year. I don't know a lot about Houston's roster, but if you want kids to stay home that have offers from LSU and Texas and Texas A&M, you got to prove to them why they shouldn't go to those schools. Well, um, and, and I think the interesting thing there is, you, you know, as a as a person that's very fond of history, you go back at my heartstrings you know, about like that breakup in, in the mid 90s where people left Houston behind. Um, I have to say that, like, intuitively, I almost think this could take just a couple seasons. Um, you really kind of need you mentioned a marquee win and like, you know, to 
keep your facilities or get your facilities up to kind of a Big 12 status. And I think they're working on it. They got Fertitta money, right? Uh, Fertitta money's coming in. Um, it helped the basketball program out a lot. Um, it, if you're Houston, though, and you mentioned the fourth best recruiting area in the country, um, you also open with like you kind of have to hit Florida, wherever you're from. What other things? I mean, it to be a national powerhouse like we're, we're looking at potentially being, you can't just hit Houston, right? What else do you got to do? I, I've said this with with a lot of schools that cover SEC or, or Ohio State, etc. Always got to recruit your backyard. But the key for a program getting over the top like that signature win is they need a signature player. When Urban Meyer went to Florida, he got a certain left-handed quarterback that may not have made it in the NFL, but he was like he was the blood of that program. Clayton Toon is one of the, my favorite guys to watch the last few years. He probably didn't get the recognition he deserved playing in the American Athletic Conference, but you need another guy. He doesn't have to be a quarterback. doesn't hurt. But they need somebody they can lay their hat with and that ESPN is going to do game-breaking news, so-and-so scores 90-yard touchdown. You need somebody that catches headlines. That'll get more guys to be that guy. You know, one of the first guys I remember watching, and I grew up in Indiana, who the hell is this number 34 for Auburn? Oh, that's Bo Jackson. (laughs) You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, I didn't even know what state Auburn was in, but I was going to watch them. You've got to have somebody like that. Again, Holgerson's offense, that can happen pretty easily. He's a great offensive mind. They need something that makes them cool. Kids gravitate to Oregon and to flashy and this and that. That offense that Dana has run, there's no reason that can't happen again. So we just got to kind of see it develop. Every year that seems like they got a different receiver that's like, well, who was that guy last year? He had 12 catches. Well, he's got 70 this year. You know what I mean? It's just – it's insane. We were talking about the guy had what, 17 touchdowns last year. Did anybody really predict that? No. <laughs> but that's whole, I bet you Holgerson had a different opinion than everybody else. Because he's well, a practice drawing up the plays. So. Completely. Uh, and, and coach found Tank Dell out um, at a junior college. I mean, we mentioned Houston being at a junior college, having a pass where they pull that guys in from junior colleges. Um, my last thing I want to look at here for a second I feel like personally, Houston, I think they're in a pretty good spot in their first season if you have the right expectations. I don't think they're going to win all 12 games and go to this college football playoff. Right? Like, like, I, that's not my expectation. It'd be nice, but that's not my expectation. Um, Donovan Smith transferred in, in, I guess, December technically, but he got to campus in January. Um, is a little bit different type of quarterback than Houston has had, certainly than Holgerson has had. Um, what do you see that as a, a mold or a mesh that works? Um, you've been looking at recruits for a long time. I don't know if you remember Donovan coming out of high school, um, at all, but what do you look at when you look at a guy like that transitioning into an offense that has guys that are more like the Kevin Cobbs and Case Keenum to the world? Usually it's a little different. That is the Rubik's cube of all Rubik's cubes. Cause I mean, how does that fit? And it's a great question. At this point, because Dane has been so successful for quarterbacks, you just got to let him do his thing. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. But this guy is 6'5", 240, 235, or whatever it is, and he's a lawnmower for linebackers. He will run over somebody at the goal line. When you know, How does Holgerson adapt to that? Does he really want his quarterback taking hits and his shoulders getting beat? There are so many sub points and sub questions 
I think he, he'll probably pick his spots on how much the young man does run. If they're playing Texas, chances are higher that he's going to let him, you know what, go ahead and get the first down. Don't go out of, you know what I mean? It's just, that's, <laughs> it's Texas. Let's, let's beat the hell out of Texas. So when they're playing certain schools, like you're not going to admit it to the press, but we're not stupid. It's different, man. You know, you're going to like, you're going to put Tim Tebow on the goal line and run against Georgia more than you would against Georgia Southern. You know, Urban Meyer did, did, did the same thing when he was at UF. That's what this is. Now, the other question, though, can he get a kid that wasn't super successful passing the ball to move up? And that I don't know anything about the kid other than, he, you know, he's a big body kid with an arm. But I will bet on Dana Holgerson coaching a quarterback up on the passing game. Anybody that wants to bet me, I'm, I'm happy right now. Please, scout, <laughs> yeah. forward, please contact me. We'll do business. We'll take bets in the bottom. Uh, we'll put Brian's Venmo. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, that's got to be why Donovan would show up, though, right? As far as like appealing well, things in Houston go, it's got to be why. Because um, I mean, with his size, think about this now. If Because he can run and he's a big body guy that's going to measure well to draft combine. If he can have even like a 3,000 yard year, he'd get drafted. I mean, what guy? I mean, name somebody that he can just jump into fairly close to home that has a better passing resume than Holgerson. Right. For him, Definitely. it makes all the sense of the world. Definitely. Well, and I hope, I hope, it, I hope we throw for four thousand. <laughs> I hope he has a. Hope he has a well, great maybe year. that happens too. You never know. <laughs> um, Brian, we appreciate you, you chiming in, and frankly, we appreciate you working with Lockdown Network on recruiting. Um, there is a whole lot going on in the world of recruiting you mentioned you just had some elite 11 stuff off air you mentioned you had elite 11 stuff you write some about it too you're covering across the network we got your twitter handle on the screen but tell people where can they find you and your work and all the other stuff you're doing with recruiting uh well i'm just i've always dabbled a little bit in youtube stuff and it's the same handle in instagram but but twitter is 100 the number one place whether it's an article uh videos photos from elite 11 under Armour Combines, a commit that goes to, to Texas or, or Houston. I do all kinds of evaluations for kids, and it's a blast. So if somebody wants to inbox me, hey, what do you think of this kid? The Cougs are recruiting him. I'll let you know. Um, I just like to talk football. I'm all over. I, I went to games last year in Texas. went to games in Georgia. I went to games in Florida. I, you know, I, I have no shyness. I went to L.A. for the Elite 11 Finals. I'm all over the country, and it's always time to talk high school football. <laughs> always time. We'll be talking to you, I'm sure, multiple times between now and uh, throughout the 2024 cycle, I guess we're technically into now. Um, but that's at FBScout underscore Florida. Brian Smith, thank you so much for stopping by, talking some high school and college, and even a little JUCO recruiting these days. And we, at the end of the day, we always say, go Cougs here. Go Cougs. <laughs> <laughs> go Cougs, man. Go Cougs. That'll do it for another episode of Locked on Cooks today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And make sure you go follow and subscribe what Brian's got working in the recruiting circuit. He's doing a great job of covering everything. We're hoping, you know, as we open up, we talked about on the show just now, uh, those four-star guys coming to Houston. Hopefully he's telling us about more of those later on. So make sure you go give him a follow and follow the work he does. And hit subscribe and like the show down below as well. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Cooks your first listen of the day. For a second listen... I'm going to recommend Locked On College Basketball for an interesting reason here. It is NBA Draft Lottery Night. They're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, reading the transfer portal and the draft and all those kinds of things. So make sure you check that out 
Also, it's Houstonian. I got to tell you to go check out Locked on Rockets because Jackson's doing a great job of covering the buildup to the draft. So make sure you check that out as well at some point today. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougs. Locked on Cougs is a proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network. Let me your team every day. Go Cougs.